Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey traders, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Coming to you late night from the studio, 9.45 p.m., which is uh, late my time. Uh, But uh, I had a few interesting topics on the mind, including a question for you guys. Would you rather be an expert at one thing and fail at everything else, or would you rather be average at everything? And we'll get back to that question in a little bit and make it more specific. But um, I want to start off with just uh, something that was on my mind, right? So we've been in quarantine now or stay at home, lockdown, whatever you want to call it for the past. I don't know how long now. It seemed like forever. And something that we've picked up in the Stokes household is doing lots of puzzles, right? And uh, I've got two kids. I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. One-year-old doesn't do anything with the puzzles. The five-year-old's actually pretty sharp, right? So we've been going through our Disney puzzles, our Incredibles, our Mickey Mouses, our Toy Stories, our Ralph Breaks Internet, um, all of that thing slowly progressing, right? Starting with the, the smaller puzzles, right? 50 pieces to 100 pieces, 200 pieces, 300 pieces. Um, and we finally mastered those. We started moving on to the next level. The problem is uh, puzzles seem to be a popular thing during quarantine. So a lot of the good puzzles, especially the good kitty ones, are done. So the other day I went down to the store, went to the Target, picked up a 500-piece puzzle um, of cats. Um, yeah, I immediately felt like I aged about 20 years because you always hear stories about the older people doing cat puzzles and... You know, I'm still in my mid-30s, and I feel like I shouldn't be doing a puzzle full of cats, but, you know, you take what you can get. And it's a pretty difficult puzzle, 500 pieces. There's like 500 different cats in there, and they all are similar color, and it's just annoying. And I, I found myself getting frustrated, right? I've been doing this puzzle probably for about an hour now. Um, usually, I have a pretty good plan of attack when it comes to puzzles. I like either attacking the perimeter first and working my way in or finding a specific focus to lock on, like a, a specific cat or a specific section of the uh, puzzle, focusing in on that, and then moving on to the next word, right? I'm really systematic in my approach. But... As time went on, right, I started losing track of my approach, losing track of my game plan. The the puzzle shapes and colors started kind of blending and fusing together. And I caught myself just sitting there staring at the ground for about 20 minutes. Um, not to mention the fact that I'm extremely tired because I was up this morning doing videos for you guys. But 
anyway, so I took a break. I, I just took about a 10 minute break on the couch, just sat there, closed my eyes. Uh, and then the funny thing was, when I came back to the puzzle, I immediately started destroying it. I mean, I went on like a hot streak, like 30 pieces in a row, just getting it, getting it, getting it, getting it. And this should come as no surprise because this is something that we, we preach in trading all the time, right? In general, right, the, the, the human brain can handle, I think, like 40, 50 minutes max of like a focused task. And then after that, boom, attention span is gone. For many of you guys, it's even shorter. And we always talk about taking a break from charts, whether it's you're a, you're a day trader taking a break every 45 minutes or at least once an hour to kind of get away from the charts and come back. Or even if you're a swing trader, taking off a day of the week, right? Taking off Saturdays, taking off Sundays, not coming back and looking at your charts until Monday or maybe the Sunday night open. And what that allows you to do is you come in with a fresh perspective. If you're sitting there looking at the charts the entire time, you get drained, right? You start by following a process, just like I was with the puzzle. And then when you follow that process and you get kind of stuck, you start going to the next thing, right? Thing A isn't working, the process. So let's go to thing B. And you start looking for trading opportunities and looking for specific signals. And before you know it, either you're doing type of revenge trading or, or some type of trading where you're, you're forcing it, or you just got that paralysis by analysis where you're, you're sitting at the, the screen and everything just looks like blah, right? And you're, you're stuck. A good trick to handle that is just to get away. Give yourself a break, take 10, take 15 minutes, uh, maybe take a whole day. And I guarantee when you come back to the charts with that fresh perspective, you're gonna see things in a new light. Those puzzle pieces are gonna pop out to you again and you're gonna be able to do some pretty good analysis. So I wanted to start that off. I didn't think it was enough for an entire podcast, um, but that is something that I thought was important to talk about. Now, let's get back to this question. Would you rather be an expert at one thing and, and fail at everything? Or would you rather be average at everything across the board? And uh, this was a question that was brought up by a good friend of mine, right? Again, uh, you know, I have a friend of mine that was a chef. He's not going into work because, uh, you know, his business was closed down or whatnot. So he's, he's picked up this landscaping job. So he's up early in the morning going out and, you know, for his own entertainment, he shoots our, our little group uh, chat deal a question of the day. And it just sparked some really entertaining, I guess, and thought-provoking concepts. And I, I'll start from this perspective, right? And this is how I start off my answer. Um, from a, I guess, from a, a normal human life perspective, right? Let's, let's just, a normal human life perspective, just living and functioning in this world. I guess my answer would be that I'd rather be average at everything, right? If, if you know, and the big caveat is that thing where it says great at one thing, but fail at everything else. I don't want to fail at everything. I don't think that would be a great way to get through life, to be good at one single task and then fail at everything else. So I guess I would have to choose be average at everything. But from a business perspective, I would actually choose the opposite, right? From a business perspective, I told him I would rather be an expert at one thing right, and fail at everything, then be average across the board, because I don't think an average business doesn't really succeed. Average is just kind of average. You're treading water. You're not really going anywhere. And I told the guys in a group, it was, it was uh, I think it was Henry Ford. I could be wrong. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but Henry Ford was one that believed in this as well. He would always say like, hey, I want to surround myself with people that know more than me, right? Um, I think his kind of he was famous for this. He he would he would say that um, he 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 didn't have to know it all, 
but he would have a desk, right? And at his desk, he would have a bunch of buttons and a bunch of arrows pointing to those buttons. And someone once asked him, well, what are those arrows for and what are those buttons are? And it's like, well, when you ask me something or when a problem comes out that I don't know, I push one of these buttons and it directs me to someone that's going to give me the answer. And that's been my philosophy in business, right? I am not good at a lot of things, right? I'm not good at many things if you think about it. But one of the things that I'm really, really good at is understanding that I'm not good at everything and, and understanding that I need to be, I need to put myself in a position to, right? I need to put myself in a position to be good at what I'm good at and work with other people around me that are good at what I'm not good at. And, and that's how you put yourself in a winning position, right? You don't necessarily, I don't, I don't want to say you don't want to work on your weaknesses. I think you should always be working on your weaknesses, but your weaknesses are your weaknesses. They, they are what they are. There, there's only a, a certain level of how strong you're going to get with them, right? You want to maximize your strengths, strengths first and foremost. And when you can identify your weakness, work with someone whose strength is your weakness, and that's going to even things out. And there's a good possibility that whoever you're working with, their weakness is one of your strengths as well. So from a business perspective, and this is something I've practiced my entire life, even with friendship, um, I believe in that 100%. Now, when it comes to trading, it's a completely different story, right? In trading, I think a lot of people get in trouble because they want to be average at everything but not good at any one thing, right? So we're gonna take the great at one thing and fail at everything else. We're gonna take that failing part out of it, right? But what I see with a lot of traders, including myself, is that when we come into the game, right, we think we need to know everything. Jason Grayson and myself, we always kind of, I don't wanna say we bash babypips. I think babypips.com is a great resource for traders. It was, I think going through the school and, and learning the concepts, it's a perfect place for that. I think it's a horrible place to learn how to trade. And the reason is they try to teach you everything. So you get, it's like a, it's like a, a, a kind of like a sampler and a, like a sample buffet where you get a little bit of everything, you get a taste of this, a taste of that, a taste of this, a taste of that, but you don't really go into depth with anything in a, in a practical way, in a way that you can apply and actually consistently use in the market. So I think it's a great resource same thing like uh, Thomas Bolkowski's books. It's called the Encyclopedia of Chart Patterns. I think it's a great resource, right? Every single chart pattern basically known to man is in there, at least the ones uh, at the time of him writing the book. Now, if someone read the book from front to back, are you going to be a successful trader? Not at all. But it's a good reference guide to have. And that's how I think of, of baby pits. But I think traders come to the game thinking that and and it's not their fault. I, I guess in, in society, we're kind of raised to think or, or, or programmed to believe that the more we know, the better we'll be, right? If, if you read more books, you'll be smarter. If you know more about this, you are judged higher. And that's not necessarily the case. You want to know, you want to be an expert at what you need to be an expert at, and, and you don't really need to know the rest of the stuff, right? I don't know anything about science, right? I know that, you know, mitosis, cells dividing, that's about it, right? But look, I don't do anything else in science, so I don't really need to know it, right? So there's no need for me to be an expert or really have any type of general knowledge in science because I don't really use it in my normal life. If I need it, that's what Google's for. Um, but we'll see traders time and time go out there and 
and I'll get messages where it's like, hey, Akil, I'm trading this. And the next week, hey, Akil, I'm trading that. Or it's, hey, Akil, I'm looking at this double top and I'm also looking at this trend continuation trade inside this trend line, but this channel just broke. And it's a million things at once and it's no surprise that they're stuck, right? They've spent their time, they've diversified their energy. Instead of focusing 100% of their energy in one place, they've diversified and split their energy amongst 50 different places. And well, you know, ask yourself this question, how are you gonna get the better result if you focus 100% of your energy on one thing and become good at it? Or if you split it up um, 50 different ways and learn a little bit about all this other stuff. And maybe a trader that does that becomes average. Let's, you know, let's say you have a good knowledge of different concepts and it's enough to stop you from going broke and blowing your account. You become average. Here's the, here, here's the thing you need to realize, right? Average doesn't work in trading, right? Average does not work in trading this is a highly competitive game right this market is is basically it's you're either really good or you're not that's that's basically how it is you're either really good or you're not if you're average it's basically the same as being not good because maybe you're not blowing your account but you're not really making anything off of your trading and you're usually, you know, you could be losing money just because of fees and commissions to your broker, but more importantly, you're losing time, right? And think about it like this. If, if you started trading at the age of 30 and you've been trading for 30 years and you've just been average, right? You've wasted 30 years that you could be doing something else, right? Opportunity cost, the money that you invested in your trading, right? Could have been used for something else. Could have been used to start another business, could have been used to for whatever, right? You you lost something by not being good. So I'm a true believer in that, hey, you're either good or you're not, one or the other. So if you wanna be good at this game, you need to be an expert. And you don't have to be an expert at a million things, right? You just have to find one thing that, thing that works. Now, with that being said, right, I, I do believe uh, for you guys that are new, I'm not saying that just find a magic strategy and trade it. I do think you need to have a firm um, foundational knowledge of price action. I also think that you can't find a strategy that consistently works or create a strategy that consistently works unless you understand price action, how to read a price chart. So we're just going to kind of pretend like that's in there already. But all you need is a single strategy. If you have one thing that works, right, one thing that consistently works and you're able to adjust it and tweak it over time with the different market conditions, you can be a winner, tra a winning trader because what you have is an edge. An edge means it's something where you will make money over time. And assuming you have your trading psychology and your discipline down, you have the ability to consistently extract that edge from the market and make money. All it is is compounding now, right? Keep adding more to your account, manage your risk, don't go broke, and you're gonna be a great trader, right? I look back at my old casino days, right? When I, I used to go into the casino, I like casinos, haven't been there in a while, um, but I like casinos because like anyone else, the bells, the whistles, the feeling that you get from gambling. I used to go into the casinos like an amusement park, right? I used to hop over to the blackjack table for a little bit, spend a couple hundred dollars there, then go to the craps table, then head over to roulettes, then play the slots a little bit, right? I'd, I'd go everywhere. I wanted to get a ride on on all the shiny things in the casino. And of course, you know, it would be exhilarating, it would be exciting, but I would leave the same way I leave an amusement park. Broke. Broke tired and defeated <laughs> every single time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I guess we all hope that we're going to make money at the casino, but I, I was realistic. I understood what it was. I understood that the experience was more than, it, it wasn't a business I was going into, but you still hope you win some money, right? 
how I gamble now is really boring and systematic, right? I have one game that I play, right? I play craps. Me and my, uh, me and my buddy, we play craps. We play it in a very methodical, systematic approach that is very similar to the risk management strategy that I use in trading, right? We bet the odds. Now, we don't technically have the edge. The casino always has the edge, but we play the numbers that have the greatest edge from a player's perspective, and we have a very specific way that we play them and, and, and manage risk and, and, and basically trail stops, if you think about it, and go for that home run trade. So imagine us sitting at the table, and the craps table is a great place. That's uh, one of the reasons it's my favorite game, right? Black people, uh, not black people. <laughs> I could say it, I'm black, it's all right. Um, black Jack tends to be snobby, right? Uh, people tend to, they have these very strict rules, and if you take a hit when you're not supposed to take a hit, the person next to you gets mad because that should have been their card, and, and blah, 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 right? It, it tends to be kind of like everyone's playing against you in, in blackjack. Uh, craps is a little bit different, right? You're around the table. Everyone's kind of on the same page because you can all win at the same time. You can all lose at the same time, but it's a it's a much more community aspect where you're looking at people and they got a hot roll and you're cheering them on and, and whatnot. So it's a very fun atmosphere. Um, and because of that fun atmosphere, it's easy to get caught up in the big bets, right? They have these big bets where, you know, if it lands, you win a lot of money. Now, obviously, the odds are very, very low that it lands and more time does not. You're going to lose all your money waiting for that to happen. It never will happen. But we play, right, amongst all this noise and whatnot, we sit there and we just play the same numbers. It's the same strategy every single time. It's no different from me looking at a price chart. I come and I do the same thing. I put my money on it. It's it's. It's so bad, right? So good for us, but so bad that the people running the table, they don't even have to ask us what we want at all. We just slob them the chips. They put it exactly, they know exactly what we do. Um, they, they used to try and encourage us uh, to try and do some other bets. And then once they kind of realized we're doing it the smart way, they just let us go. But it's the same exact approach every single time. It's non-emotional, it's mathematic, um, and it's very consistent. And it's one way to play. I'm sure there are many uh, other ways to make money on the craps table, but it's one way we play and we're really, really good at that one way and it works. And that's what trading can be for you guys, right? Be an, especially as a new trader, be an expert at something, right? I always recommend a trader do this, right? Start with one strategy on one pair. And I know many of you guys are thinking about, well, kill the frequency. How can I ever do that? I'm not going to get enough trading opportunities. Guess what? The smaller the portfolio you're trading, the bigger your position size can be on that any given pair, right? So again, think about it like splitting your energy different ways, right? Let's say you're trading a, a, a $10, right, on, a, a, let's say you're trading a one mini lot position across 10 pairs, right? So one mini lot position is, is roughly $1 per pip across 10 pairs, right? So your maximum allowable risk or ma your maximum allowable position size at any given moment is $10, right? If you're trading one pair, what can you do? You can still trade that $10 position size, right? The same amount of money you would have on these other pairs. Only difference is it's focused in it on, a, on a single place instead of split up. Um, now, again, there are, I think there are benefits to being diverse, but again, you don't have to do this. If you are a master at one strategy on one pair, right? There's nothing wrong with going all in on that one strategy on that one pair, right? You can increase the frequency if you want to by, uh, by different, different ways, right? 
Um, but I think that's the best way to start. And then once you become comfortable doing that, right? Once you become comfortable trading your one strategy on that one pair, if you want to branch out, nothing wrong with that at all, right? You can stick with that one pair. Maybe you get to know it really, really good, understand its tendencies. You can stick with that one pair and, and then start um, adding new strategies, right? Now you become experts at those new strategies as well. Or you can stick with that one strategy that works and, and start testing it on other pairs and seeing if other pairs work the same or even better. And now you start branching out your portfolio. But the point is you don't need to do everything, right? I know if you ever watch me trade, right? I see things all the time. I work with live traders in the live room every single day, right? With 30 or 40 odd traders in a room. And you can imagine we're getting different trading ideas from all over the place, right? Hey, Keel, right? Uh, how can we play that trend line? Hey, Keel, how can we trade uh, trade that breakout, right? And I can analyze it for them. I know them, but because it's, and it could be a very good opportunity, but because it's not the way I trade, because it's not in my trading plan, I don't take it. I wait for my opportunity. I know that my opportunity has an edge, and I know if I consistently follow that opportunity and extract that edge, I'm gonna end up being a really, really good trader and not really kind of shooting myself in the foot. And that's my goal, right? I don't wanna be just good at a bunch of things. I wanna be great at one thing. That's trading.